0: and welcome to episode number 2 of the Kanadi Experience podcast. I've got Nate and Dez with me today and we're going to be talking a little bit about the real estate side of property, buying land and getting into your dream property. How's it going everybody? Doing good? Doing well. What what's new? I want to I want to just catch up a little bit. It's been a while since we've been chatting with each other and stuff, you know. What's new in the world of Kanadi right now?
1: Well, we're spending a lot of time here. It's uh, it's the end of April, early May here, so we're spending a lot of time getting prepped for field work, uh, doing some things, getting ready for seeding this this time of the year. Uh, tree planting is, at, is a high priority for us right now. Um, we're doing a lot of that, uh, getting out next week, hopefully, and starting tree planting will be the next yeah, few weeks. Yeah, is it dry enough yet? It is in, in certain areas, in the sand areas, so the snow here in Minnesota has just melted um you know in the last week and we keep getting little rounds of snow but uh which is pushing farmers back and it's pushing everybody back including Kanati. but uh hopefully we'll get out in the next week and get some trees in the ground
0: yeah i know joe's not with us today he's out in the field right now doing some is he doing mowing right now so he's doing what they're working on is they're working on some tree projects so
1: we have skid loaders and forestry mulchers, um, you know, in some buckthorn areas and, and treating that. So we're doing a little bit of that, treating buckthorn and then reseeding some of those areas um, with our special seed mix right now. So prior to tree planting, they're out and doing some uh, some buckthorn control and invasive species control right now. And if you know Joe, Joe would much rather, no offense, be out, <laughs> out in, a, in a skid loader than yeah, sitting no here kidding. talking uh, on a podcast. But he's a wealth of knowledge when it comes to that stuff too. He
0: sure is. I, I do want to just quick sidetrack a little bit because mm-hmm. it is turkey season here in Minnesota. It is. And I just need to know, have you guys seen any turkeys yet?
2: I've only been out once. I do have plans to go out more, and I did not.
0: How, how did that go for you?
2: <sighs> Don't take a minivan. <laughs> that is turkey the ultimate hunting. <laughs>
1: turkey hunting machine.
2: Especially when it's as wet as it is here in Minnesota. Did you get stuck? Oh, yeah. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> and also just so you know state farm will not come and give you roadside assistance when the road is not paved oh no so, just a little tip <laughs> good
1: to know good to know <laughs> we've uh as far as us we've you know we spent the last two weeks chasing these birds around you know and it's so funny how a bird with a pea-sized brain can outsmart you right but uh we've had a ton of turkeys where we're at we're hunting river bottom and in areas of traditionally held turkeys but if you know anything about the recent snowfall, it's it's had we we're in, in that river bottom is all flooded, so it's oh, probably the worst I've ever seen that. it. So we have that has changed roosting patterns, yeah. and it's changed movement. But uh, Tuesday was my last day, and I did uh, I did tag out. Nice. Um, luckily, yep, I had to call him in from a half a mile away. But the whole morning. Do you have a photo? Uh, it's not a very good one, but. I, <laughs> the whole morning as i was driving out there sipping on my coffee i'm thinking am i should i really be doing this walking out i'm like this is you know you're getting up earlier in the morning but you know what when it comes full circle it just you know at yeah at the end i'm like god this was so much fun so just for those turkey hunters out there if you're not experiencing success stick with it um and you never know what will happen so you just have to catch the right bird in the right moment
0: yeah absolutely Um, So, diving into the show a little bit today, we're going to be covering some real estate stuff. So, I'm going to be honest, I am out of my element. I'm I'm probably like the majority of people that are out there right now, I would love to have my own land. But you start looking at some of this stuff and you start wondering like, well, how do I go about it? What do I do? I don't know if I'm making the right choices. And then I just give up and I just move on from it. And then two months down the road, I'm thinking about it again. So kind of like what, what can Kanadi do? Where can we go with Kanadi? Like, how are we going to start looking at different properties? What, like, where's the beginning of all this going to start for us?
1: Yeah. So just my background a little bit, I gave it at the last podcast at at our first episode is I've got an experience in real estate. So for 25, 30, you know, I'm, I'm 46 years old right now. But I've, since I've been 16 to 18 years old, I've been surveying and involved in some sort, of a land, some sort of land job, you know, my entire life, you know, since I could start working, um, even back to the days when I was little. So I've always had an interest in land. And that's kind of led to, as we told the story about Kanadi. But, you know, fast forwarding to where I'm at now it just made sense to include real estate in our delivery system here at Kanadi. So we work under the umbrella of central Minnesota realty and 95% of the clients, 90% of the clients, uh, Troy and Des, they come to, to me saying exactly what you just said. I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. What do I look for? You know, and I think most people will be, well, I can find my own land. I'll look Mm -hmm. out on Zillow. I'll look on Craigslist, you know, which is pretty much non-existent but also a Facebook marketplace, you know, yep. what's out there. I think my, the biggest advice, and as you, as a real estate agent telling clients and telling people on this podcast, Hey, get a real estate agent, by the way, call me and here's my phone number. But um, in my experience, just make sure you, you're, you're talking to somebody like myself. And the thing with Kanati is that we can bring, bring a, a sense of knowledge and a sense of experience in terms of what you can do in your land how you can make money. And we'll get into this later in the podcast, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. But I think starting with a, a real estate agent, what's my budget? Where do I want to be? Where's the best hunting? Maybe I'm not interested in hunting. Maybe I want to build a house. Do I want five and 10 acres? That's really what an agent is set out to do. You know, an agent is there to help you iron out those details. And Troy, as you mentioned, not knowing where to start, that's where you start the conversation. You yeah. started with clients like that, wouldn't having those those discussions.
0: How would you I guess how would you differ yourself as a real estate agent with Kanadi versus any other real estate agent? Like what is what is the big factor here that you guys can bring to the table for like farmers, outdoors, men and women and all that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, so somebody asked me that question last night. I actually showed a pretty really nice piece of property. Um, and they asked me that question. You know, what what advantage um, do you have? And I said, well, first of all, I said I spent the last 20 years working in the conservation field, uh, working with USDA programs, and spent time lobbying in Washington, uh, D.C. in our nation's capital and our state capital in St. Paul for a lot of these programs that support wildlife habitat, not just wildlife habitat, but conservation and agriculture. So we have the the complete suite of, of uh, delivery system here that we can we can give landowners or prospective buyers or even sellers. So we we understand what's out there, what's available. Um, this particular client yesterday had they didn't have any interest in developing government programs, but then they were interested to know Canadi has their own food plot seed blends. We know about timber management. We've got Joe's out on the skid loader today doing work with the forestry mulcher. I mean we're planting trees. We know the resources that that our clients and our real estate clients can get to just from just from our past experience.
2: And you guys did the business start and you were a real estate agent or did you were you working on this and then became a real estate agent because it made sense?
1: It's the latter part. Real estate was always part of the equation. So I mean there was always that need um, to, to get the, the, the real estate license because we have the complete delivery system for landowners. You know, we, we have everything from soup to nuts and real estate is just as a piece of that pie. And it was, it was added as uh, later after, after, after the inception of Kanadi, but it, it just made sense because we have that vast knowledge and vast experience.
2: And also at least because I've been working with you for a while and I've seen it you also have this giant network of people yeah. who are interested in that, right? right? So, when you put when you list something, you ha- you already have eyeballs that might be looking at a property like or looking for a property like that that comes on the market, or Correct. vice versa. You
1: know, just my experience as a hunting guide, but you talk about network. Mm-hmm. I took a personality test one time, and, and this was in a leadership course for a conservation organization in Minnesota. The lady said, well, where's Nate? So I raised my hand. She goes, (laughs) she held up my test scores. She said, I have never seen anyone score so high on the extrovert scale in all my years of doing this as you. So you talk about networking. Mm -hmm. I had a conversation with a gentleman yesterday. I get a lot of calls out of the blue saying, hey, I'm interested in real estate and I'm no one special. I'm just not afraid to build the network of people out there and build the network of resources. Yeah. So if I have a client that's interested in hunting land in a certain area of Minnesota or even the Midwest, chances are I'm going to know somebody close that could be a resource for them. They would have spent, you know, 3 to 6 months spinning their wheels trying to look for somebody to to contact to to mm-hmm. accomplish their goals when I can give them the list of folks and their phone numbers in my personal cell phone probably of who they need to call and for what reasons.
2: Right. That's what I think is, most, is very interesting about, about where you're at in real estate. Yes, your, your knowledge is, is great, but also, like, I don't know that there's many other places where that exists, where, yeah. so.
1: And exactly, and that's, that's what Kanadi can bring to the table.
0: I'd like to kind of get into a little bit about, like, what are the groups, the different types of people you have worked with? um maybe you know a lot of people might think oh Canadi, they're uh they're just a a food plot company but i mean you, like we've said in previous podcasts you guys are so much more so much more like what would you say the three foundational groups of people you you can help with properties
1: you know and as you look at our website you know after a conversation i had with the guy yesterday he said uh Um, you know, it looks like you guys work with landowners about with wildlife practices. And I said, yeah, that's one of our customers, but not the only. So primarily, you know, your recreational landowners. So that would be your hunter, your bird watcher, your lakeshore owner. You know, we understand a lot of the things that you can do with, with those, with that different avenue. So, I mean, the, the recreational landowner that's looking for that place, you know, we went to this property last night, you guys listen to this. So we walk in there, this is an off the grid cabin, you know, it's a quarter mile off the road. And, you know, when I was a kid, I always, we, we always got permission from local farmers to, to hunt. Um, my dad's been gone since 1997, uh, but he was the glue that kind of got us on some of that land. And now, as you know, it's harder and harder to get on land. So since then, my dream has always been, give me that one room cabin with the fireplace, pot belly fireplace in the corner, And one kitchen, one bathroom, you know, and you got signs about drinking alcohol and you got signs about being stupid and hunting camp. That's what land and real estate is about. So that, you know, to me, that legacy piece, and that legacy piece that... So the hunter and recreational... So this property, this hunter and recreational piece from from yesterday, they had the bunk beds in the corners.
2: What you're getting at is about the memories.
1: It's not... And I was talking with my client yesterday. It was a, I said, there's a reason we work, and we work to, so we can play, mm-hmm. and it's about the memories. So the hunting and the recreational landowner is one. The other one is those that have a, a, a family or family interest in land. So maybe somebody that's got an interest in land, but grandma and grandpa own the farm, Um, Maybe they have a job working in st. Louis, Minneapolis, Sioux Falls. They inherit the land. What the heck do I do with the land? Do I sell it? Do I sell part of it? Do I conserve it? What programs are out there? So again recreational landowners number one just families in general number two and then egg producers farmers people that are looking to find more productive agricultural land we understand soils we understand um, soil uh, crop productivity index we can help farmers identify those high producing acres that can be used for agriculture. But also with that, we can also help them identify programs and areas that they can improve their unproductive land, which then they can turn around and use that investment to buy more productive land. So it's just, it keeps rolling one after another. So it's, it's anything rural. And then finally, the last piece, which I'm very passionate about, I'm lucky enough to work aside uh, beside my wife and we have an interest in that smaller, sustainable living. So that would be the fourth piece. So I love, I you know, when we had a house, we had a house south of, of town. Our kids go to school in the local school district. It was 3,800 square feet. It was on a private lake. We had six acres. It was our dream home. We finished the house, and we said, you know what? What are we doing? This is dumb. We decided to downsize, and now our house is 1,600 square feet, We are lucky enough to live on a lake, so we enjoy that all the time. We are always spending time together. We irritate the hell out of each other. (laughs) But we have one living room, we have two bathrooms, and everybody's got a bedroom. We have a big kitchen so my wife can cook. She's always wanted that. So we focus, the other client, is that we focus on folks with sustainable with sustainable homes nice stuff but within that we can find places to put wildflowers in the corner of your lot so you're not mowing two acres of lawn so there's always a conservation focus
0: i almost feel like if i was dealing with you i would be looking at something and you'd be like troy is that really what you want because it sounds like you want this and i'd probably be like yeah you're right i don't want this (laughs) it's not what i want i want what you're telling me because that's exactly right yeah, and we work with our customers to
1: meet their goals. So, I mean, if it's something that you want, you know, whether it's recreational land or you want to you start a farming operation or a small-scale gardening operation, that's really our specialty.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, like, like we were saying before, you're not only helping hunters, but, like, farmers, too, is a big part of what you guys do. Are you helping, like, find real estate for people who want to start farming as well?
1: Yeah, so conversations recently that we've had are folks that are interested in increasing their land base, meaning I live in the city and there's a lot of programs out there that can help you with, you know, focus on urban agriculture. That just means your smaller scale plots that maybe are productive and you have chickens and you have, you know, there's all of those, those practices that can be, that you can use on your land. So we're a full service land management company. And just we just happen to be licensed real estate agents that can help people find and meet all of those goals. So when you talk to a traditional real estate agent, so here's an example. So Saturday I showed a house and uh, this was for one of our agents within our brokerage and and, uh, usually they send an email out saying, hey, I'm busy, can somebody show a house? Well, I met with these folks and I started talking with them about their goals and they were actually looking for something that they can create an outdoor space for um, for folks that they can, you know, just kind of it's their getaway. It's therapeutic, you know. And they were looking for that 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 space for multi families to handle multiple families to have that quiet space. I'm like, oh, yeah. am I the real estate agent for you? They just happen to be working with another one of our agents. But the point is, there's a lot of opportunity out there to create those spaces for people. Um, in the real estate market today, and again, urban agriculture and those small scale plots are are huge.
2: Urban agriculture is really it's coming up. I mean, I see it on social media all the time. People are talking about yeah, living small, smaller scale.
1: Yeah, and being able to grow your own food in your mm-hmm. backyard. You know, those are the mm-hmm. those are all the programs that I'm I'm familiar with, and our team here at Kanadi is familiar with that. If that's the 10-acre parcel you're looking for, we will help make it the best 10 acres possible in terms of landscape design, using conservation practices, native habitat, and possibly urban agriculture.
0: It, it, to me, it's kind of hard getting into one of these podcasts with you guys because, I mean, we can dive so deep <laughs> into so many things. There's so yeah. much out there, and there's so much you guys provide for just about anybody out there that needs anything with land. Or land management whatever it may be it's hard to stay on track sometimes I feel (laughs) with this podcast but it's great information Um, what about uh, like for someone who already owns land what can you do in terms of like helping them be profitable at their land you know help that land give them a little bit of income or something is there like certain things you guys do with that
1: yeah exactly so you know, we're diving out of the real estate side and we're jumping into, you know, some of the program stuff that we work in. And, you know, if you look at our diagram, it shows real estate conservation education and planning, conservation programs, and then actually doing the work. So we have a vast knowledge of just that, that experience of those past programs that are available and current programs to help offset costs.
0: Because I, oh, sorry, Diz, but I kind of feel like that's one of your guys' like, big benefits against. Going with another real estate agency is like I don't do, but they yeah. know about that
2: stuff. I'm actually curious. When you look at a property, what are a couple of the the first kind of conservation programs that pop in your head when you look when you're you know freshly looking at land for a client?
1: You know, and it depends yeah. if it's agriculture, or if it's for recreation. So it goes back to we offer free consultations at Kanadi. So normally they'll contact us saying, Hey, I'm looking at this piece of property, what do you think? And when I look at a piece of property, first of all we talk about goals, Mm -hmm. you know, we determine, you know, is is this something that's gonna be a short term or a long term solution to their to their land goals? You know, is it something I wanna flip or is it something I wanna hang on to forever? So within that DES, what we do is we determine based on conversations with those landowners, is what's best for you depends on depends on those, the answers to those questions. So for example, if it's something that you want to create a legacy on, maybe you're interested more in a long-term program, Mm -hmm. you know, but land, or if it's something that you want to flip, make it better for the next family so that they can enjoy the outdoors, then maybe it's a short-term program. So those are some of the things that we iron out um, ahead of time. And there's nothing really that jumps out at us. Each plan is customized so we look at the property that each plan is customized to and tailored to that specific landowner and their goals. And within land development of, and in Kanate, we look at it holistically. So there might be a corner of your property of your 40 acre chunk that might be good to rent to the neighbor for cropland. So you're gonna get an income there. We've got folks in our, in our shop that can write woodland stewardship plans, that can help offset tax costs, Okay, there's your benefit to the woodlands area. Where do I put my food plots? Here's X, Y, and Z. Here, food plot one, two, and three. Here's where you put your stands. You know, you're not really gaining an income. You have recreation from that. You know, you're shooting animals and you're mm-hmm. spending time together in the outdoors. My point is, when you diversify land for economic return, you're looking at it no different than you are your portfolio, your investment portfolio. You're not, I'm not going to Las Vegas and rolling the dice and taking my entire life savings and saying, here you go. We're going to put it all on black 16, roll the roulette wheel. That's not, that's not land. You're taking land and you're using it. In my opinion, working with Kanadi as a calculated risk. It is something that's calculated because you know what's out there. You know, even if you're a land, if you're looking to buy land, you know, Troy said, well, what I don't know where to start. Let's find out where and what you're looking to do. Then we can determine a location and a budget and all that stuff. And then find out, hey, I need help paying for it. Well, then that, that to me raises a red flag to answer your question, saying let's find a program that help, can help offset costs. So it really depends on the landowner goals, Des. But at the end of the day, diversifying that land base is probably your best scenario. So nothing jumps out. It just depends on what the landowner's goals are.
0: This might be a stupid question, but as a hunter, I'm kind of curious. Like when you guys are finding a property for somebody who wants to build that whitetail haven for themselves, are you, do you guys like take into consideration the deer density in the area and all that kind of stuff too?
1: We have conversations with people about that. You know, a lot of times, remember the movie, Field of Dreams, if you build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. There is a little bit of philosophy that that, that does work. And yesterday, um, that property that I showed that was 312 acres, if you build it, they will come. It was unbelievable. The guy has, you know, there's a situation where a landowner wouldn't need us other than to sell the property or find him a piece. He took bare land, and that's where Canadi can come into play. He took bare land that had a ton of potential, and he turned it around and made it a, a paradise,
2: well, that's what—that's one thing I wanted to talk about. Like, you, c- clients don't have to use use the full like Kanadi system right off the bat, right? Like, they can just call you to sell a property or buy a property, and if they have parts of it that they want to do, they can do it, right?
1: Correct. So, yeah, that's- But
2: if they live far away and they can't, you're there. Like, there's no pressure for.
1: Yeah, we're great about working with our customers. They come number one, you know, in our, in, our, in our eyes. So finding out what equipment they have and then helping them, you know, hey, how do I get my food plot started? What do I need for food plots? Do I need to put natives and wildflowers? Maybe it's something they want to do. So we do everything, Des, from helping clients put everything in to providing the seed and the plan for them. Like here's your, here's your habitat plan. Here's your land management plan. And then they take it from there, so it's really tailored to to their needs and what they're looking for. Because some landowners love doing that. Right. That's their therapeutic. You know, Troy, you and I right. were talking about playing guitar, which I learned how to do and I love. But it's therapeutic. Yeah.
2: Well, our own our, our the co one of our co owners is like that. Like he likes to do the food plot. Like his food. That's his thing. Yep. He like loves. He loves to be on the tractor. That's what he. That's. Yep.
1: And he's looking, you know, the daily grind of sitting in an office, you know, you know, watching YouTube videos on the Kanadi YouTube channel about how to how to invest in real estate, Mm -hmm. um, with hunting land. You're watching that. You're praying for the weekend to come so that you can get on the tractor and go up to your hunting land. You know that those are the. This is why we work, people. You know, we work so that we can create those memories because you know what? When you're when you're at your funeral. You're going to remember, which you're not going to remember, but <laughs> God, I hope not, but you're going to remember those times when someone close to you passes away or someone close to you is at the end of their days. You're going to remember the memories that you had with those people. When you look at the deer on the wall uh, behind you today, oh, yeah. the deer on the wall don't represent, I don't care if that one scores 160 or 170 no, or not 180. At all. I remember where I was and who I was with. And to me... Having your own land and managing that land is way more important than shooting something that's large. Having a grandkid shoot a doe and seeing the reaction on their face, that's what Kanadi's all about. And then from a real estate perspective, there is nothing that makes me happier than finding a family and getting a family the opportunity to either buy land or purchase land for to meet their goals. I don't mm-hmm. care if it's raising goats, chickens, but when I go out there and see the kids out there mm-hmm. um, and the family spending time together, real estate is just an avenue for that for that bond that you have with your family and friends.
0: Yeah, and just talking with you a little bit. like I don't know about you, Des, but whenever I talk with Nate, I can hear it. Mm-hmm. Like the memories part, the families, the buildings, a legacy for these families and stuff. Like I think that's your passion more than it anything. Is.
1: It is, and that's why we started Kanadi. So this... You know, 15 years ago, I'm like, we're starting something so that we can help people create a legacy for years to come. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, yes, this is great. We have jobs to support this. I get to do this every single day as help customers. And there's nothing more satisfying than that.
2: Well, and I think, too, talking to you outside of this, you working in the conservation realm and the government realm and whatever, like that, that... Was part of that drive there, but it wasn't meeting the need that you want to give that personally to other people. Yeah, and this does that.
1: So I hosted a DU banquet um, last weekend or week and a half ago, a Ducks Unlimited banquet. So I do a lot of that stuff. Um, I love you know the public speaking side of things. I, I like getting out, meeting people. As you know, I'm whole score high on the extrovert scale. <laughs> um. <laughs> But it was during that that I said, I'm, I started listing off the things that, I, that I've done. And I, I do. A firearm safety instructor helped start a fishing team. I was a land surveyor. I was a teacher. They're like, this guy can And I started off. I'm like, this guy can't hold a job. But you know what? It's not that I couldn't hold a job. It's that I, that I was building, building my career base and Kanadi. Then I have got awesome business partners. And the people that work here are fantastic. And we all bring something special to the table. My point is, we all have that passion for doing this. And everything that all of us have done, whether it's Josh, Joe, Jake, we've all done something. Megan, we've all done something in a previous life that has led us to where we are today. And we've got a fantastic team in place.
0: Absolutely. Uh, One thing we were talking about earlier with Des was a, I'd like to bring up that little scenario mm-hmm. we were talking about that you brought up. And uh, I think I would like to try and find a way for the listeners to like connect a little bit more. And I think your story would be perfect if you don't mind sharing yeah, it.
2: No problem. Um, so we, my husband's family has farmland in Minnesota and there's a couple different chunks and grandma's now getting older and we're trying to figure out like what what's the best thing to do with that land. Some of us hunt, some of us don't, but some of them have kids and we want to be able to have that property be usable if those families, those people want to use it and we want to make it fair. And so we're kind of in the middle of building the trust for the grandkids. But I would imagine that there's probably other families out there that are in the same scenario where they might have to split usage or um, maybe Uncle Joe wants to take all the bucks and (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) That there's all these different um, scenarios for that land or they have it and nobody, nobody does use it. The family doesn't now wants to sell it. Um, and that, I would think that that would be a great scenario for Kanadi to be a part of because with your network and your knowledge on what that land could be used for.
1: So we have, we've, you just described what I would call an absentee landowner. And in this country, I think that is the greatest opportunity for conservation, wildlife, and agriculture in today's world. Um, you know, as you know, farmers are, farms are getting larger. Operators are operating more tracts of land, larger tracts of land. For you as a family, Des, can, this fits right in Kanadi's wheelhouse. So, for example, you guys figure out, you know, as a trust within your organization, your trust, you, that you want to sell it. Well, insert Kanadi. We can help a buyer or a buyer's agent understand what this land can do, what's out there, that's the advantage. When we're selling and buying land, we know what's out there already for your family. Whether you, If you're going to sell it, we have a prospective buyer. We can say they can do all of these things on there, um, and then it's an in, of interest to them. If it's something that you want to keep as a trust, and you want to have a, have a place where you guys can come back to in 20 years and say, hey, this is the family farm, You know, there's some sentimental value mm. there. Oh,
2: yeah. you know,
1: and we'll talk about that. I'd like to talk about sentimental value and what that means to a property value in just a second. But before I do that, I think, you know, going through and figuring out what best uses that land has. Uncle Bob wants to hunt deer, but does she likes to hunt turkeys and pheasants. So we, what we've done in the past when we've dealt with family like that, is we've developed a plan that makes sense. So the least disturbance for deer create pheasant plots, combine that with agriculture and the productive land work with the farmer or the operator to put in cover crops to improve your soil health get it paid for potentially through government programs and create a large food plot for uncle bob so he can shoot all of his deer you know i mean those are the things where we start combining land uses and making sense of what's what each part of that land can do for you um let me get into a little bit on selling land in terms of sentimental value so i do want to touch on that so we you know so often i meet with customers that say you know my kid took their first steps in this house and it's worth three hundred thousand dollars more so just so the listeners know this Mm -hmm. you know land and and homes and just real estate in general it means a lot to you you know it means a lot to you it means you shot your first deer there you walked with your dad your grandpa took you you know you're like this is then I think you should buy it because there's a way that we can figure out a way for you to purchase that and find programs and things that you can offset cost so that you can buy it if you feel so strongly for that. But I do have some sellers that say, my land's worth $480,000 when in reality, when I do look at local comps of sold properties, it's probably worth 350. dollars And it doesn't make sense to list it at 480 when it's worth 350. You know, you're not going to find any buyers. And and so I think sentimental value is only important to the seller. So I just want to mention that. That's something that often gets confused in real estate.
0: Not to sidetrack, but would you say that there's like, no matter where a piece of property is at, um, no matter how it's laid out or whatever, is there always going to be some sort of government type thing that you can do for that property to make it? profitable in some cases yes in some cases no so here's
1: here's my here's my response to that scenario i work with a lot of organizations across the state of minnesota and even some that are federal agencies this is just minnesota i've also worked in south dakota north dakota um, and some of our other midwestern states Um, if you have a suite of landowners minnesota's blessed because we have conservation funds dedicated from the legacy amendment back in 2008 those, a lot of those funds go directly to conservation, wildlife, parks. You know They're dedicated for that reason. Um, when you go somewhere, it may not be something that's available now. But if you start working in an area, and we've done the door-to-door, you know, I don't want to say we went and knocked on doors, because mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> it's been calculated. We call them and say, here's who we are and here's what we're doing. Can we come and visit with you? And most landowners are very interested in talking. They love, especially farmers, they like talking during the winter because there's nothing else to do. We have coffee. Joe brings some cookies and donuts, or I bring him cookies and donuts, and we sit down and we just have a conversation. We're not selling anything. A lot of times we're working up for a project on that. But we develop a program. So let's say, for example, Troy, we've got five landowners in a specific area that want to put their land in a permanent easement, but the easement program doesn't exist we work with the organizations we have networks with to create one really yep so and it doesn't always happen but if we've got willing landowners and we've got protection and we've got conservation on their mind there's always an opportunity to to build a program or i use the term leverage to offset other costs that are out there so my wife, who's now diving into the government acronyms, there's 1W1P, there's BWSR, there's NRCS, there's USDA, there's Aww. TNC, there's MLT, um, there's PF, there's DU. You start throwing out acronyms, that's where Canadi, The most landowners will throw up their hands and say, you know what, forget it, I don't want to do anything. That's why Kanadi's here.
2: And the paperwork.
1: And the paperwork. So we can help landowners through that process. We're essentially the broker for that. And how we fit into real estate is we can help identify a lot of these programs and, and options for you prior to purchasing the land, or to a prospective buyer if you're willing to sell the land and then and move to something else, you know.
0: Then you guys dive in way deeper than I could ever imagine. Like I have a hard time comprehending and taking in all this stuff that we are going through. Um, I And I feel like a lot of other people would have that issue, too. I keep telling my uncle, I'm like, hey, we need to get these guys up to your place up by Bemidji. And, like, I hope he listens to this. I hope he does. I'm, I'm Actually, I'm going to make him listen to it because I want you guys
2: up there. I'm curious how many times you've started with, like, a, a Habitat plan for a client. And then it grew into the real estate thing. Cause I would imagine if you build that plan and then that property owner decides that they want to get a bigger piece of land or whatever, you have this whole history of all the things that have been done that has improved that land and everything that can be even in the future.
1: That's been, that's been a common. So once you develop a relationship with Kanadi, you know, it's like my my phone is, I've got a lot of contacts in my phone just because I do care about people. Um, when you start looking at, maybe they started with real estate, or in your case, in your example right. that you talk about, Des, they started with the plan. That plan looks at improving property. If we can find program dollars for them, sometimes we fund significant program dollars for landowners, and then they've rolled that into the next piece. Mm-hmm. That's how you really make hay in terms of real estate. You find programs that meet your goals. If they don't meet your goals, it's not something you should do. If it meets your goals, it meets the goals of the organization providing the funding, then those funds can be used then for the purchase of another piece of property. So you start building that land base and if you go to our website, canadiland.com, you'll see on the front page, there's a, there's a wheel on there. And in that wheel that says, I talked about this earlier, real estate, conservation planning and education, conservation programs project implementation and legacy and you can enter that wheel at any point in time and you can start over at any point in time so if you found a piece of land and you built your legacy but your but your family is growing oh i got seven grandkids i got three kids they each have two kids so now i've got six grandkids they all like to hunt grandpa needs a spot for the kids so now you buy another 40. So we look at that 40. We try to find places for you to, to to leverage other funds you to help offset costs for you. Then we find another 20, you know, or we find another 60. That's how that works, you know, in terms of real estate and that relationship piece. So, so
0: I mean, you guys can really just build... Anything anyone's looking for when it comes to property, real estate, any of that stuff, I mean, you guys can help build whatever someone's looking for.
1: Correct. I think the message at the end of the day is, Troy, you said there's a lot going on here and it's hard to, hard to keep track. For our listeners today, just go to the website and look at the wheel. Because when you look at the wheel and you understand these guys can help with real estate, they can help get me anywhere along that line, complete the circle with me, with me and then start over. Or enter at a different point, or they've got a friend, or a client, that, or a customer, or, or an acquaintance that needs assistance yeah. as well, and we walk them through the process. So, ultimately, the lesson here is is if, uh, the free consultation is a great way to start to see, hey, if I'm, can I get along with Nate? Does Nate a good guy? You know, do I like the what I hear? That's where then we can give you a proposal based on what your what we think is best for your land. You know, we've got GIS, which is geographic information systems. We've got mapping systems, which we can identify, you know, neighbors and potholes and wetlands. All that stuff can be done behind the scenes during that free consultation by Kanadi staff and then determine a plan of action. At the end of the day, we'll give you a few steps. Number one, if you're looking at real estate, the, the first thing you need to do is contact me. Where, what are, you, where are you looking for? What are you looking at? Maybe it's something that hasn't been productive hunting land and you want to sell it and move on to something else. And I've got a buyer that is willing to put in some work to make it great hunting land. So, I mean, those are the things that when you start building on that real estate piece, that's really how you start is just by having conversations with Megan and I.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so when you go out for these free consultations, I'm just curious... You said before you, you know, sometimes donuts, cookies. Does it also come with a a little song and guitar playing when you show
1: up? usually not. I'm still learning to get better at the guitar, but sometimes it's done virtually. Um, You know, in this day and age, we have virtual tools that can help with landowners. Sometimes it's a phone call. Um, A lot of times that's where it starts as a phone call and virtual conversations.
2: Do you ever deal with groups or a couple people buying land together?
1: Yes. So, you know, you, you brought up the scenario, Des, about the trust. You know, and my advice, when you're, when you're going in um, and pooling your resources, you know, obviously you can have a greater impact on what you actually purchase. Um, my advice to you, make sure that you're understanding, you know, everybody's goals and you get a plan in place. Because as, as, you know, we talked about this before the podcast today is that, you know, three buddies go in and they say, let's buy hunting land together. Oh yeah, we get
2: along great. I think about that with my like siblings and stuff too.
1: We get along great. Everybody gets along. We but until the big deer shows up, and once that two hundred inch buck shows up, then people sometimes change. So then I'm hunting in Troy's stand and Troy and I'm busting them out of there. And my point is, make sure you have a good plan and open communication. And if you keep family, legacy and memories at the forefront of what you're talking about and what your goals are, I think you'll be successful no matter what as, a, yeah. as, as, land, as landowners who own land together. But uh, you have to keep that in mind. That's where Kanadi can develop a plan. Like a, even if, it's a, if you're a hunter, we can develop an action plan for you about what shoot what you can shoot, where you can shoot, you know, who's where the stands are, that's helpful for that.
2: So I have a few friends who live in the city and they're brand new, like new to outdoor things, hunting, whatever. They don't, they're not seasoned hunters. They are not quite sure. But oftentimes I hear them talk about buying land or they have just bought land, but they don't, or they don't even know because they're just brand new. You know, they are, so they've been hunting for like one year, maybe on public land, but they know they love it. They know they, they want to go that route, can Canadi
1: is Kanadi the- definitely <laughs> the place for them. So I get called from, you know, this this winter I worked with a woman who has two younger children who, you know, when she brought them to hunting this year or last year, they shot their deer and the, the look on their face, boom, that was enough. So having the first-time home buyer for the first-time purchaser, Canadi is definitely the place for them because, again, normally the first-time home buyer or first-time land, you know, land purchaser i guess um you need to know what my options are you know maybe you need help in offsetting costs because chances are unless you've got a job where you've got you know income where you can put towards the towards the property um you might need some help and then figuring out if you're new to hunting well where do i put my stands food plots what are those you know that's why that's where Kanati can really help
2: because i've seen a big like skyrocket with adult onset hunters and oftentimes they're looking for that they just don't they don't know where to start especially if they're going to buy land that's like something entirely new
1: yeah and that's again remember the conversation i had at the beginning of this podcast or at some time during the podcast there's nothing that makes me happier than finding somebody land and seeing the smiles on their faces and it's people that it's adults that are just getting into hunting you know what? I I do a lot of donating my time, taking kids out of state, doing mentor hunts, doing that sort of thing. Um, I could care less if I shot another deer, um, but seeing an adult or somebody that's maybe don't doesn't have the opportunity to to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, I always had a dream to own my own ranch where I could just bring people on just for fun. <laughs> you know, winning the lottery. And you're like, what would you do if you won the lottery? That's what I would do. I would buy a ranch somewhere, whether it's Minnesota. Maybe I'd buy multiple ranches, and then I would build a network of mentors that take people out hunting, and or just enjoying the outdoors. It could be trout fishing. It could be, you know, whatever. But it's just getting people connected to the outdoors.
0: Just to kind of circle back, I just want to make sure I'm right on this. Uh, when you talk about your, you'd even put up deer stands for people, right? you'll even do that does what like what do you mean by that are you cutting shooting lanes are you you're like laying out everything for them, like trail cameras do you put those out for people and the whole nine yards yep so
1: um there's there's two ways to look at this you ever walk into it you know when you're buying your house and you walk into the house and you're like wow that couch and that 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 um, picture looks really good i think i could see myself yeah. living here well sometimes staging land what you're doing is you're basically staging the property and you're doing it in the right way because you're putting the food plots where you need to put them. You're putting the shooting lanes where you need to. Whether you keep or sell the land, it's an important step in your land planning and your real estate planning. Where do I put my food plots? How do I get in there? How do I access my food plots? How do I access my deer stands? You know, where do the, where are the deer bedded? Where are my sanctuaries? My point is we help people with that plan and those principles when they're setting up their property. So we have a team that can as I mentioned we've got skid loaders, we've got equipment that can put the food plots in. We can help people put up those things and sell the equipment at the same time. So it looks like you need four ladder stands and two enclosed blinds. You know, this is a problem you're going to have problems with wind here, so an enclosed blind is the best situation where you keep the windows closed until the animals there. You know, so just or or it's close to the cabin and you put a heater in there. Those are always the nice
0: mm, things. Yes,
1: Ooh. you know what I mean. Ooh. But it's that advice and those shooting lanes that, or and camera systems. So Joe is just doing that with a client near Hinkley, Minnesota, setting up cameras and then texting him the uh the login information and taking a picture of his ugly mug in front of the camera to make sure it still works and yes <laughs> so we do we do that for clients as well and and sometimes with sellers it's staging properties but it's all it should be already there so if you're working with Kanadi you've got the stands in place so it's not essentially staging it's just getting the property set up in the right way and
0: just for my own curiosity too like when you put a food plot in somewhere can the position of it like increase the value of the property like yeah i've got a five acre food plot here but if i would have put it over here i could have done this with it and it could have made me revenue or it could have made the land cost or be worth more money for me
1: yeah so when it comes to when it comes to planning that's why you start working with somebody like canadi so that last night when we went and looked at this property um the the landowner had several food plots And the client and I, who was the prospective buyer, and I were talking on the way out during our mile-long walk down the road, and we were talking about food. I said, could you imagine if this property had one five-acre food plot in the middle? You know where the deer stands would be? They would be on every corner of that food plot, and now you've got four stand sites, and they're all aiming guns at each other because the deer are going to come out. They've got one continuous cover type. They've got one food plot in the middle. This property had 10 food plots so now you've got 10 separate stand sites for 10 people all you're doing is if developing your property with Kanati, you're making it hunt we use the term hunt bigger because now you're increasing the carrying capacity of that property by allowing different edge cover different bedding areas different up op- there might be three does over here and two does and a fawn two fawns over here uh, two does over here utilizing the property now you've got those multiple food sources. You've got those multiple food plots. You've got multiple stand sites. And I've heard the argument from landowners say, well, I was sitting on the north food plot and on the southwest food plot, there was three big bucks tonight checking a hot dough. I'm like, that's why they get to be big bucks because you have 10 food plots. Mm-hmm. And it's only going to increase that amount, those deer using your property and those animals. It could be turkeys, it could be, you know, whatever your goal is, the ultimate at the end of the day what that means is it just means you your land is valued more if you had that one five acre food plot in the middle that we wouldn't be looking at this piece this piece has 10 plus food plots on it so and they're set up very nicely spread throughout the property
0: very nice well i know we all got other stuff we got to get to today and i want to thank you guys for you know going through all this with me today this has been fantastic. I feel, again, I'm going to say it, like, every time I talk with you, Nate, I get overwhelmed.
2: <laughs> I know. We were talking mostly just about, like, deer hunting stuff, but there's, like, a whole wetlands yeah. and there, all kinds of stuff.
0: <laughs> it's so deep. We could, go, we could go so deep into this stuff. It's, there's so much to take in.
1: Yeah, and stay tuned to future Kanadi pod- podcasts because we'll be getting guest speakers on it, and maybe ducks are your, are your jam. And that's we bring in somebody that's got that area of expertise. Um, you know, we can put the ponds in and, and build the embankments for you. We've worked with engineers that can design them and programs that can build them. So th- this thing can go, as you say, overwhelm. but we're, we're starting these podcasts, you know, from the base level. So you're kind of getting an understanding of who Kanadi is and what we can provide for landowners. And at the end of the day, you're going to gain a friend, hopefully, mm-hmm. um, or two uh from the Kanati staff and just the the experience that we deliver.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, and for all of you listeners out there, make sure you check out like the Facebook page, all the social media stuff if you ever have any questions, message us, do whatever you can, get a hold of us, call Nate or whoever Joe if you got some mechanical questions on farm equipment or whatever it may be.
2: If you want a free consultation, go to the the website
1: website. yep go to the website and fill the free consultation i'll put your personal identification number what your goals are your phone number and you will receive a call back from me right away
2: personal identification number
0: that's property identification number
2: (laughs) i was like what's that
0: (laughs) all right well thanks again you guys hope everyone enjoyed the show and we'll see you next time thanks